When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme, John Paul taking your calls at 1850 333 103 texts and WhatsApps also up and running at 0862 103 103 and it's important that you know that text or WhatsApp number because later on on the programme today I will be asking you to text or WhatsApp. You can't do it until I give you the, 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 the cue to text or WhatsApp me if you want to be in with a chance of winning one of our smart speakers this C103 Smart Speaker Giveaway officially kicked off yesterday and it continues across all the day parts again today. Your chance to win one of these smart speakers. But remember the phrase, the winning phrase is play C103 because if you win one of these smart speakers, that is the phrase that you're going to need to remember to be able to say to your smart speaker. Every time you want to hear the radio, play C103 and your smart speaker will come on with C103. That's our smart speaker giveaway with Dundee for all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. We'll give one of those speakers away uh, later on uh, today. Now, fully vaccinated people are to begin receiving their COVID certificates today. And I put a shout out earlier to see, I wanted to see who was the first of our listeners to receive receive one of their COVID certificates and thank you to Avril in Douglas to say Patricia I got my digital COVID certificate by email this morning so do check your emails I've, I've popped a message back to Avril to try to find out when was she actually vac- vaccinated I be, would be interested to know but keep a lookout for the post men and post women as well because there was a number of them a huge number of them were sent out by uh, post yesterday did I read somewhere 150 150,000 certs were issued by post yesterday and similar numbers are going to be posted out again today and every day. It's close to a million I think are going by post and it's revenue are helping out the Department of Health there with the actual posting of those certs. So so the post people are going to be quite busy for the next couple of days getting all of those certs out and the Department of Health are saying that it expects all of the EU digital COVID certificates due by email should be issued by Thursday of this 
week. There's just under a million they expect to go out by email. And for those that are going to be delivered to your doorstep by post, they're saying that everyone should have them by this day week, Tuesday, the 20th of July. So obviously it'll be quicker and easier for the department to do it by email. So they expect all the email ones to be done by Thursday. And then if you're waiting on one in the post by next uh, Tuesday. And of course, from a travel point of view, it's next Monday that international travel opens up. And and we have already heard of some people who've already booked flights for next Monday. But closer to home, for those that are not leaving the shores, this digital COVID digital certificate is going to be needed uh, because more than 2 million people who've been fully vaccinated will be able to eat and drink indoors under new legislation agreed by the Cabinet yesterday and you're going to need proof that you've been fully vaccinated. How, what form will your proof be? It'll be with, through your, your EU COVID digital uh, certificate. We're going to be talking in more detail on what has been agreed around indoor uh, dining and still trying to get the actual confirmation on the date. A lot of people had been hoping it was going to be next Monday, but more people are saying it's going to be pushed out further towards the end of July before indoor dining happens. So we're going to be talking in more detail, though, about what the government agreed on yesterday. And as far as I know, the government are continuing to meet again today. So there's a lot to be done in advance of indoor hospitality, including dining or going to the pub for a drink. And a lot of the attention now is focusing on the young unvaccinated people because even our Chief Medical Officer Tony Houlihan expressing concern about the worrying rise in COVID cases amongst the 16 to 29 year olds. And of course, the 16 to 29 year olds are the main age group that are unvaccinated. There were 600 new cases of the virus reported yesterday. Tony Houlihan urging younger people to maintain a high degree of caution in their activities this summer, with evidence now showing that the highly infectious Delta variant is infecting those who are either not vaccinated and it's also affecting those that are partially vaccinated, those people who've had their first jab but are waiting to get their second. The five millionth dose of a COVID vaccine in this country is expected to be administered this week. So we really have done well with the rollout of the vaccine. And that's all well and good if you've been vaccinated. But for those that haven't and that are still waiting are this younger age group. They don't take much comfort from hearing that the five millionth dose will be given out uh, this week, particularly with the risk of this Delta variant. But the fact that five million doses have been given out, you know, Tony Houlihan is saying, look, there's great hope for the future, but we just need to knuckle down and get through this end stage. The HSE ramping up the vaccination uh, campaign and they are now specifically looking at the younger generation. For example, they plan to open registration on the vaccination portal for the 18 to 34 year olds and they're going to do it someday this week. The numbers of unvaccinated people in that age group, because there are some people in that age group who are already vaccinated. Those, for example, that are healthcare workers, are people who were identified with underlying health conditions. They would have already been uh, vaccinated but unvaccinated it's about 800,000 people so close to a million people 
in the 18 to 34 year olds are still waiting for a vaccine. So the portal will open some stage this week and as soon as we get confirmation on it we will let uh, people know and then that age cohort will then they can opt in for the Janssen or AstraZeneca and by doing that they'll get their vaccination earlier or they can register and say they want to wait for an mRNA vaccine that's your Pfizer's and your Moderna's but by doing that they're going to have to wait for their vaccine. They'll be offered an earlier one with Janssen and AstraZeneca. And yesterday there was a video message that I saw from the Deputy Chief Medical Officer Ronan Glim and he was talking about hospitalisations. And You know, he was saying that, look, hospitalisations do remain low, but they are concerned that they're starting to see a small number of increases in admissions. Now, they're monitoring it closely and our numbers are still very low and, and long may that last. But the fact that there's this kind of a very slow level of increase. You'd prefer to see it decreasing rather than increasing. Dr. Glynn said there's also the added concern about the Delta variant as it's appearing to also infect people who've received only one dose of the two-dose vaccine schedule. And that hadn't been happening with, say, the Alpha variant. Once people got their first dose, almost within a couple of weeks, they were building up resistance to it. I mean, certainly with AstraZeneca, we at one stage were saying when there was a three-month gap between the first and the second dose of AstraZeneca, it was widely accepted that when people got to the four-week stage after their first dose, that they'd built up enough immunity that they could be deemed fully vaccinated even though they had to wait on a second shot. But that, of course, all changed when the Delta variant uh, arrived and it was shown that people who had only received their first AstraZeneca or indeed their first Pfizer, Pfizer while they were waiting for their second could be infected with the Delta variant. So Roland Glynn yesterday asking people uh, to please prioritise who you need to see. These are for the unvaccinated or people waiting on their second dose. Prioritise who you need to see. Remember that the fewer the people you meet, the less chance the virus has to uh, spread either to you you are by you. And the Taoiseach Michael Martin yesterday warning that the full effect of the Delta variant in Ireland still remains to be seen. Now he was commenting again and was once again critical of what's going on with our nearest neighbour and the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson and his approach of loosening up of the restrictions in the UK from the 19th of uh, July. And of course Boris Johnson is pressing ahead with that at the time when the Delta variant is continuing to spread in uh, England and Michael Martin yesterday talking about that and he says in terms of young people the key issue for us is about protecting people who are not vaccinated. He said it isn't an age thing in itself. He said fundamentally it's about protecting people. He said we don't we don't want people to get COVID-19. Uh, and he, he straight out said I wouldn't like to have the UK approach of just letting it rip so to speak. And there is that feeling that that's exactly what Boris Johnson is suggesting, even though he's saying it's all down to personal responsibility. But by lifting restrictions, he really is saying, let it rip and let's uh, see what happens. And it happens. I think the world, certainly a lot around Europe, are going to be looking at the UK uh, to see what happens there. And a lot of people are very... And a lot of people in the UK, particularly health officials, very, very nervous about the approach, about what Boris Johnson plans to do next Monday. So we will uh, keep a, a very close eye on our nearest neighbours. Now, the Taoiseach uh, said that he's he hopes we're wrong. He said, I hope the forecasts are wrong in terms of the Delta variant. And these obviously the forecasts that came from Neffet. But he said, I don't think we should underestimate those 
forecasts and the potential impact that it could have on sectors of our society. He said the numbers are quite high in a number of different countries now and they're very aware of what's happening in other countries and keeping an eye on other countries. He said, I think we are right in what we're doing. He said, I think we're right in proceeding cautiously. He said, and that will help us in the long term in terms of sustainab- uh, sustainability. And, uh, you know, uh, there will still be people who will, will be saying Micheál Martin is wrong to be cautious. There will be people saying, and how often have you heard this argument, we need to learn to live with COVID and the only way we can learn to live with COVID is to do what they're planning to do in England and that's to open up society and let everyone, you know, let there be personal responsibility. But will you have enough personal responsibility or will it, as Micheál Martin uh, said, will it just literally, are they just going to let the Delta strain rip through the through England and the real worry I would have then is if you get more and more people infected we know what happens when infections get higher the vari- we get a new variant and then when you get another variant that will even be more infectious and more dangerous than the Delta variant and that certainly is the risk that England are going to take by lifting all of the restrictions next week so as I say you will have some people who will say yes you might have agreed with everything that the government have done but are they right to be really cautious we're so close here and even though numbers are, are you know slowly going up every day they're still not going up say at the levels that they're reaching in the UK already so are we right to be cautious or do we just as something as I say there is the argument out there we need to learn to live with it and by learning to live with it the only way is to open up uh, uh, society I know the Thornister uh, Leo Varadkar yesterday was was talking about the 200 people that were in uh, hospital and he was specifically asked about the 200 people that ended up in ICU over the past number of months. How many of them had been fully vaccinated, vaccinated or unvaccinated? And the figures that he gave yesterday, there were 200 people went into ICU of, across the last uh, two months. Only one had been fully vaccinated and 18 were partially vaccinated and the rest, the bulk of them, 181 of them, were not vaccinated. So therefore proving that the vaccination is working and that's what vaccinations, we know it won't stop you getting COVID-19, but what vaccination does is it stops you, A, in some cases even getting symptoms, but if you do get symptoms, there'll be mild symptoms, but what it mainly does is it stops you getting very unwell, it stops you needing to go to hospital and stops you going into ICU, maybe ending up on a ventilator and ultimately it protects you against a death. So certainly that is a good news looking back on the numbers that ended up in ICU in the last two months in this country showing that our vaccinations are working and they're protecting the people. I'm seeing uh, a number of texts and WhatsApps coming in from people who have already received their COVID digital certificate. Margaret said, got my cert today in the mail. Uh, Well done, uh, Margaret. Hi, Patricia. I got my second vaccine two weeks ago and I received my digital certificate in the post this morning. That's from a Mallow listener. So it looks like they're very, I don't know, I have no understanding or no knowledge of what way they're selecting people the first lot that went out in the post yesterday. No way of knowing if it's, if it's alphabetical. It obviously isn't been done by dates of when you got vaccinated because there's somebody only fully vaccinated two weeks ago and they've already uh, received theirs. And actually Avril, our first listener this morning, who was the first in to say she got her uh, her cert by email and I messaged her back to say when was she vaccinated and she's back to me to say fully vaccinated since the start of Ju- June and she received hers uh, 
uh, this morning by email. And then Alan says, uh, morning Trish, just checked my emails and I found the COVID passport in my spam folder or your junk folder. So you need to look out for that as well because that could happen that it just goes into the wrong folder so keep a look out particularly because we've been told you get it by email by Thursday if you had it by Thursday that's what I'll be saying to everybody check your spam folder uh, Catherine says I got my digital cert at 6 50, 10 to 7 at this morning and then also into us uh, some queries on it. Hi Patricia uh, do you know if you registered for your Covid vaccine by phone do you get your certificate by email or in the post I can't remember what they asked for when I registered by phone it doesn't matter if you registered by phone or were you whether you registered online it's where you got your vaccine will dictate how you will get your COVID certificate for example anyone who got their vaccines at any of the vaccine centres you will get your certificate by email but if you went through your GP you got your vaccine at your GP or you got your vaccine say through your hospital through your consultant for example then it will arrive by uh, post Hi Patricia I have no email how long before I get my vaccine cert in at the post have you a number that I can contact about it I am fully vaccinated and somebody else is asking how do I apply for my COVID digital cert you don't apply they have all of the details the HSC know who's been vaccinated who hasn't been vaccinated so you don't need to apply you'll automatically receive it either in the post or either by email we're still waiting to find out for people who fully recovered from COVID-19 as to how they will apply for their COVID certificate. A helpline, we're being promised that a helpline will be set up that will specifically deal with the EU COVID, digital COVID certificate. But as of yet, that phone line we certainly don't have the number for it I don't think that phone line has been uh, set up so if you're a person who's recovered you are entitled to the cert as well you got to hold off and uh, we'll let you know as soon as that number is out as to how people who have recovered reply, apply but for ev- anyone else who received their vaccination you don't apply they have the details they'll be contacting you 1850 John Paul taking your course text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Cork today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. The Cabinet met remotely to try to agree on plans for the reopening of indoor hospitality in restaurants and pubs. Four people who are fully vaccinated are recovered from COVID 19. To discuss what was agreed, I'm joined by our political correspondent, Sean Defoe. Good morning to you, Sean. Bah, Sean Defoe. Uh, one sec. Let me... Good morning, Sean. Good morning, Sean. Can you hear me, Sean? Uh, you can hear hi, me now. Good Sorry, yes, wrong, now. wrong button press there. Uh, good morning to you. Is it now widely accepted that the EU digital COVID certificate will be ad- will be adapted for use by the hospitality industry? Uh, yes, no, that's that's definitely what's going to happen. It, it's going to be the main uh, burden of proof, if you like, on whether people are fully vaccinated or whether they've had a, a, a test in the past six months to get in. Tornister was saying yesterday there are going to be other forms of proof accepted, particularly for those who are coming here from abroad from the 19th, if they've got their own proof of vaccination in their own country, for example, or if they were coming from the UK, where they're obviously not going to have a, a digital COVID cert. And he kind of suggested perhaps that will be used uh, or could be used here as well with, say, some of the, the certs that people have already been getting for when, when they are doubly vaccinated. But the main 
burden of proof is going to be the digital COVID cert. And do we know how publicans and restaurants will operate that? Will they have some kind of an app to check your cert? Well, there is, um, I've been just listening to uh, an interactive committee where some of the officials have been going through this. There is a an app that has been developed for use for uh, the uh, airlines that they can use to just literally uh, scan it. It's, it's kind of unclear at the moment whether publicans are going to have access to that themselves. Uh, I imagine that they will, uh, maybe not at the very start of this, but they will have access to some sort of a free app that will allow them uh, to scan it. But I think uh, at the start of things, uh, proof of a digital COVID cert of an actual cert itself, it may be enough uh, before, without actually having to scan it. Obviously, that is open in some cases to a forgery of these particular certs, and the government has admitted, look, it's not a foolproof system, but they are also going to introduce penalties for forgeries of the certs to fines of up to €2,000 if you're found to be making one up in order to get into indoor dining. And and I can already see from some of our listeners contacting us this morning, those certs have started to arrive both in the post and by email. Yes, so the first of them would have been posted. There's about two ways they've been done. They're doing some of them by post and some of them by email. And people will be asked, well, why post? It's because of the information you gave when you, you gave your vaccine largely. So if you went into a GP, for example, uh, more likely they will have your postal address rather than your email. Whereas if you did it through the vaccine portal, probably the underway round that they will have uh, your uh, email address. And so it's about a million in each case that are, are getting out. 150,000 100 to 160,000 being posted every day starting yesterday with next day delivery. So they're starting to land into letterbox this morning and they reckon they should be done by, if not the end of this week, then certainly the start of next week with the last one landing in on the 19th of July. And an update this morning that everyone who's getting their digital COVID cert by email should have it in their email inboxes by tomorrow. So do keep refreshing, do keep an, out, uh, an eye on uh, spam filters as well. Some of them may land into there if you use the... Uh, one of your emails, for example, that you also use to sign up to any sorts of things, Facebook and, and betting or whatever it is you happen to do, so just keep an eye out there as well. Yeah, because we've already seen a couple of our listeners saying that they checked and it was in their spam uh, folder. Do you have any details, Sean, on how somebody who has fully recovered from COVID-19, how they will apply for their certs? Yes, the way that's going to be done is through a helpline. The helpline is going to open today for emergency applications only. So people maybe who are looking to travel on a recovery and have a flight on Monday, they'll be able to get in touch. We haven't got the number or the details of it yet, but they say it will be open today. And then it's going to open on a a full scale uh, level, if you like, from the 19th. It's in a full call centre that is going to um, uh, that is going to allow people to basically apply through there because there is a record in the HSE of people who have had positive tests. There uh, isn't really the record of the negative tests, which we don't need those. But have the positive test and show you have recovered and then they'll be able to send you it out. I, I presume at that stage as well you'll have a choice between email and post if you want to get it a little bit quicker through the email process. And you can also apply for a cert with a negative test? Yes, but this is only for uh, international travel. So it is, uh, you're not going to be able to get into indoor dining with your, uh, with your negative test. There is a, a provision in the legislation that is being brought to the door to allow that, but it's not going to be allowed at the start. They may consider it further down the line. But if you are wanting to go abroad on, on a negative test, uh, you are going to be able to get it. And the way you're going to do that, basically, is that you will uh, have to get a test privately. It won't be through the HSE, but through one of the private operators of those tests. Get your PCR, get your negative results, and then if you apply to them, for the issuing of the digital COVID cert. Okay, and then children under the age of 18, there had been speculated uh, when we first started talking about only allowing vaccinated people into restaurants that the children would be sitting outside the door while mammy and daddy went in on their uh, staycation. But that's not going to be the case. 
No, I, I, to the disappointment of parents everywhere <laughs> taking their kids on um, <laughs> on their indoor holidays, so you're going to have to bring them in with you, all right. Yeah, so the rule, we're waiting on exact numbers of how many you'll be allowed in. Fault Ireland's going to issue updated guidelines, but um, yeah, the young people under 18, even if they're not vaccinated, can access indoor dining. They just have to be with an adult over 18 who is fully vaccinated. Will there be a time limit on how long you can stay inside for indoor dining? It, there is, if, unless there is two metre distance between each table, which, let's be honest, a lot of premises would, would struggle to do. If you have the two metre distance, there's no, there's no limit at all on the time. But if you don't, then there is going to be a time limit. They haven't said exactly what it's going to be. I would suspect it'll be in line with what we've seen before, around a, an hour 45 minutes. And part of the reason for that, I'm told, is because children, unvaccinated children, are going to be in the space. So it's not like this safe bubble of entirely vaccinated people that the you know the staff and the children maybe can bring it in as well uh, but it is one of those I know has left a lot of people scratching their heads going well I mean I'm fully vaccinated surely I'm safe why can't I stay a bit longer than an hour 45 but uh, no that limit is going to be there. And then of course the big question confirmation of when indoor dining will resume. Yeah well sometime next week is about all we have at the minute I know the date that ministers would like to get it done by is the 23rd, which would be Friday week, uh, to get it open in time for that weekend. Leo Varadkar has said no later than the 26th. In in some ways, it is out of the government's hands a little bit because they need to get the legislation passed through the Oireachtas this week. That will probably finish up this Friday in the Shannon, and then uh, they have to wait on the president to review it and sign it and, and whether he has any constitutional concerns about the fact that it is somewhat discriminatory towards people who haven't been vaccinated in that they can't access things that other people uh, can do. But if all that goes to plan, uh, then you would think sometime maybe towards the middle of end of next week on the optimistic scale uh, and at the very pessimistic then it seems to be the 26th would be the last day. And of course the summer holidays for the doll is when? Is uh, Thursday, I think is their is last it, Is it this week? Okay. This, Thursday, this week, yeah, so it is uh, this Thursday, so they do have to get it. That's why they had the cabinet meeting yesterday over the phone instead just to get the legislation signed off on there was a hope that it could come before the doll today now I don't see it on the order paper for today at the minute but that has uh, could still be updated but certainly they hope to rush it through the doll pretty much the health committee had been asked to waive pre-legislative scrutiny the usual uh, time that they would take to consider a bill before it comes into the doll and gets passed they were only going to do that if they got a full briefing and actually that briefing has been ongoing in the last half hour so we'll hear for them to see whether they have concerns but it is possible but it is going to be a very quick run through the door which I know some TVs are going to be unhappy with Okay a busy few days Okay uh, listen Sean we'll leave it there thank you for that and thanks for joining us Thanks, Good morning to you. That is uh, Sean Defoe, our political uh, editor on the indoor dining set to return as early as next week. But no exact definitive date yet, but it is for fully vaccinated people. 1850 And by the way, if with that number, as soon as that number gets released for the people who have recovered from COVID in the last six months, in order for them to apply for their COVID certificate, if that number breaks uh, while we're on air, we certainly will bring it uh, to you. Uh, John Paul's taking your calls and our number 1850 333 103. You can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. 
Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. The government is being urged to halt the closure of post offices and use the post office infrastructure that's already in place to set up a state-owned and operated citizens bank. The call has come from Cork City Councillor Ted Tynan of the Workers' Party who joins me. Good morning to you, Ted. Morning, Patricia. Uh, and, and you're yeah. welcome uh, to the programme. Why do you believe we need a state-owned bank? What would you see as the main benefits of it? Well, I'll I, I just give you an example of Montanati Park. It's right in the heart of Montanati. It's a, it's a very old area of Cork City. Uh, population of people, some of them are moving on in years, but there's young people, families moving into the area as well. And it's it's like as if you're in the middle of a village in 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 Ireland. That it's 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 quiet. It's a beautiful area, and once a week or twice a week, people in the area go to the post office for their various uh, pensions or whatever to buy a stamp or postal letter. And it's the social uh, aspect of of that is huge, very important, and. The Montanari Park Post Office is just a, a, an example of what's going on all over the country. The uh, just just to let people know that post office is closed. It's closed now. Yeah. yeah uh, when started. did it close? It closed the um, the last day of June. Um, I think that was about the thirtieth of June. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And the postmistress, postmaster retired. She she retired. Yeah. No, what on post should be doing? But you think, Patricia. There's, a, there's an agenda of privatisation by central government and it has been there for the last 20 years. They're closing down public services and privatising. That is not good for a society like um, housing, uh, education, uh, water and issues like that should not be privatised. It should be ma- maintained and kept under public ownership. The payment for it is a different matter altogether but it should is vital that these services are kept public. And there's an infrastructure there, and I think there's about 800 post offices still operating throughout the state. They should be reinforced with investment by the government and turn it, in, turn it into a citizen's bank, you know, a state-owned bank guaranteed by the state. And that would attract people then in, in all areas of the, of the country, whether it's in the middle of a city or in a rural area. People would then feel safe going to a, a, a citizen's bank to um, to do their business transactions, to invest a few bob for the rainy day type of thing, and indeed mortgages and um, other loans like that could be organised by this uh, citizens bank. You know, well, yeah, because the problem that we have with the post offices. I mean, you speak to any postmaster, postmistress, is trying to make a living out of these post offices as yeah. they are. In, exactly. their, in their current form. Yep. And I know the Montanati Park one that you speak about. Post Office, I'm post say that they've advertised it twice and yep. nobody's interested. Oh. And of course, the argument straight away, well, nobody's interested because they're not going to, how can you get somebody to take on a business that you know you're not going to make money out of? That's right. That they can't make a decent living on, yeah. yeah. That's, and that is the issue. The government need to invest in the post office system, discontinue, um, uh, the closing of these offices, invest in them, and give more government services to the post office as well. You know, so a, a lot of people now have their children's loans coming through banks and stuff like that. 
try and get all that business into the post office system, reinforce it and encourage people then to use the post office bank, you know, so... Yeah, because it's such a shame when you lose a service like this, even the way you describe it there, it's in the middle of a city, but it's still really missed by the community and the people who had been using it. Well, Montelotti Park, if you ever visit the area, it's a beautiful, tranquil area and you could be in the middle of a village in the west of Ireland, you know. It's that type of pleasant type of place to live and... um, and the people there are losing services, they then have to make a journey of about a kilometre <clears throat> down to another post office or, or another one in another direction, one and a half kilometres away, you know. But it's, it's, it's busting up the community, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. and I, I've experienced it up there. I went up there um, about three weeks ago when the, news, the, the bad news came in and there was seven people there living in the area having their conversation. And... You would imagine what would happen if there was a little coffee dock next in involved in the post office. They could sit down on a summer's day and have their cup of tea or coffee and and promote social contact with each other. And that would that would be good for older people and to be fantastic for younger families and children as well. You know. Yeah, we so. forget the importance of the social aspect, That's Ted, it, yeah. of the post office. And you know, I think during the height of the pandemic, particularly during the lockdowns post offices really and the postmen and women delivering the post really came to the fore in yeah. checking in on elderly people, checking in on, right. on the vu- yeah. vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, there was people would have been lost without yeah. them. Yeah. So even in my own area here where I live in the top of Mayfield, Silver Springs Lawn, there's a, a fair number of people you know, who are moving on in years and uh, it's it's only a matter of encouraging them to continue to come out of their home and walk up and down the footpath even, you know, and even to sit out there in front of their homes and communicate with people passing and good morning and all this type of thing. Mm. That social um, atmosphere is, is crucial to maintain for a healthy community, you know. Yeah. Okay, but um, Montanati Park Post Office unfortunately closed yeah. and, the, and the worry and the concern going forward we're going to see more similar post offices yeah. and in, in many cases in very rural areas where there isn't another post office a kilometre away That's people right. will be going much long, long, longer distances but that, that onus yeah. then goes back on people when you have a post office in your area Ted you need to use it you need to use it too yeah but, and on top of that Patricia the private banks then are closing down branches yeah. you know they're putting up mi- machines which are antisocial as far as I'm concerned the, the human contact is it's it's like the checkouts in supermarkets like Tesco in ten closing um for about four I think there'd be about four thousand workers last well, throughout the chain of shops and turning over in, in machines you know check out on your yourself on a machine that's antisocial like and that um I'm around a long time now too as well and the idea of neighbors and contact with people is vital. It's good for it's good for people's health as well, uh, Patricia. You yeah, know, absolutely, so. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, listen, uh, Ted. Thank you for that, and uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Okay, Patricia. Good morning thank you. to you. Uh, bye bye. That is Cork City.
councillor with the Workers' Party, uh, Ted uh, Tynan. And the COVID helpline number for the digital certificate, that helpline uh, number is open. It's a 1-800 number 851-504. That's 1-800-851-504. The COVID-19 digital cert helpline number. I'm assuming at the beginning it is going to be extremely busy. And listening to Sean Defoe, they're initially looking for people who have recovered from COVID-19 and need their cert urgently, i.e. they're travelling. So they need to get their cert in the coming days. Uh, and for everybody else, I imagine they're going to be saying to people, hold off, because there will be an initial rush. I mean, that's also going to be the same helpline number that you're going to be able to use if you have an issue with your digital cert or you didn't receive your digital cert. For everybody waiting for it by post or by email, don't be ringing that number. Give them at least until the end of next week when we're told everyone should have received it. And I imagine possibly this time next week we're going to be saying to people who haven't received their cert, we're going to be encouraging them to ring ring that particular number. Uh, because one listener was saying, I'm fully vaccinated, but I don't have an email address. I never had one. So how will I get my COVID certificate? I was vaccinated at Mallow GAA Complex at a vaccine uh, centre. Well, we've been told that everyone that went through the vaccine portal did give email addresses, but obviously everybody didn't. They have your details. They certainly have your, because in order to get on to that portal, you had to put in your your air code. So they have your address. So I imagine if they get and you don't have an email address, you'll be receiving it by post because we know people are getting it either by post or by email. So hold off, you certainly will get it by post. It's just those that are getting it by post. It'll be a bit later. It's going to be quicker to get it by email. They reckon by the end of this week. I mean, even Sean Defoe was saying by tomorrow, I read in the papers by Thursday, they were expecting everyone to have had an email, but Sean's saying they're even saying that it could be as early as tomorrow. Everyone would have received it by email. But for those that are receiving it by post, even though revenue are involved with it and and they're they're trying to do next day delivery. 150,000 went out yesterday and there will be a similar number going out every day this week. But it will be into next week before everyone receives it by post because physically getting all of those certs into envelopes, getting them ready, getting them out and getting them to the post office and then getting them sorted by the post office obviously is going to take longer. So the email ones certainly will arrive uh, quicker. And I've also been told that the COVID-19 tracker app That'll be updated to allow people to upload their digital certificates to their phone wallet as well. Now, that they're not saying that everybody has to have the COVID-19 tracker app, but if you do have it, you'll be able to put your QR code onto that and upload your digital cert onto your phone as well. 1850 We're going to take a break. We have news at 11 on the way. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk about how ventilation can help in the battle against uh, COVID-19. That and more coming up after news at 11. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now Part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Now, I got a very long uh, WhatsApp in. I won't be able to read all of this, Adrian, but I'll do my best to give a mention to it. It's on behalf of the Broomhill Vintage Club. They want to thank everybody who attended last weekend's 
Andrew O'Reardon Memorial Tractor Run. The tractor run was held in aid of very worthy local charity, Marymount Hospice. And the tractor run, uh, says Adrian in his WhatsApp, proved to be a great success. Huge turnout of people with machines and tractors arriving from all over Cork. So a massive thank you to everybody who got involved, especially thank you to the O'Reardon family who contributed a huge amount of help uh, to the tractor run and Ahabolic GAA for the use of their uh, facilities. And thanks to everybody in any way if you helped out with the Broomhill Vintage Club and their uh, tractor run. Those who donated, those who attended, who supported, who participated and who contributed to the tractor uh, run. And uh, the and Adrian also tells me that donations are still being accepted and you can contact the Broomhill Vintage Club via their Facebook or WhatsApp uh, pages if you would still like to uh, donate because that's obviously in a very, very worthwhile cause. OK, back to texts and calls coming into the programme. Still, by the way, just to let people know, and you don't have to let us know because we get a huge amount of people saying they've received their vaccine certificate. We just put it out there because I wanted to see where they had they started to arrive in Cork and a huge number of people telling us they're either getting it by email or they're either getting it by post when their post arrived this morning with the many people saying it is a pretty efficient system the way they have been arriving so thank you for that and just for people with emails to make sure you check your spam or your junk folder because some of them are ending up in the spam in the junk folder as well so just keep a lookout uh, for that uh, please. Now other what's, uh, oh, before I go to WhatsApps, just want to go to other calls that we received into the programme th- this morning uh, including one that has come in from Michael in Skibbereen and this is to do with the pilot programme that's in operation on North Street in Skibbereen. Now Michael said it's close to traffic but that's not technically true. It's a one way traffic system isn't it? They've put in another you can say it's closed to traffic. Anyway, there's a pilot project in operation by Cork County Council, obviously to help with the flow of traffic through the town of Skibbereen. Michael reckons it's doing the opposite. He reckons it's causing delays around the uh, town. He said massive delays out the Baltimore Road for the past couple of days. Now, we actually discussed this a few weeks ago on the programme, the idea of this one-way traffic system being put into operation in Skibbereen. It started on... the end of June, 21st of June and it runs through until the 6th of September and it's a one-way system which is running from the first exit off the roundabout at Cork Road down the full length of North Street where it then merges with traffic coming off Main Street onto Market um, Street and it's a pilot project but it's in operation 24-7 during the trial. Now obviously as with a lot of our county towns, there's traffic delays and traffic congestion. And traffic congestion is something that over the years has built up and built up and just seems to get worse and worse and worse. And many of our county towns, when you look at them and when you look at the traffic congestion, the obvious answer and the main answer is to put in a bypass. But of course, that's that doesn't happen overnight. And talk to any towns that have been fighting for bypasses for years and years and years. So I know that Joe Carroll, the local councillor at the time, was saying you know, if we can't get a bypass, he reckoned that the one-way traffic system would be a good plan B. So he was quite happy with it at the time. But anyway, it's it's up and running now. It's up and running a couple of weeks at this stage. And according to Michael and Skibbereen, it is not doing what it's meant to do. It's instead causing massive traffic delays in other parts of the town. I'm assuming going through North Street, it's OK in Skibbereen, but it's other parts of the town. Anyway, your thoughts welcomed on that. Michael and Skibbereen 
Fine is not happy but I know from the council's point of view they're saying and whenever they put a pilot project like this in place they put it in place for the duration and then they assess afterwards so I'm assuming it will remain in place until the 6th of September because that's the dates that they put forward when they started that pilot project in Skibbereen but your thoughts welcomed if you are a regular traveller in and out of Skibbereen and I don't know could it be to do with the fact of the time of the year maybe there's more tourists around but then people would say so we had tourists around every year that uh, this is because of the one way traffic system your thoughts welcome to 1850 I gave you the COVID-19 digital search helpline uh, number but what I f- failed to tell you is that the helpline number is now open for people recovered from COVID to get their digital search it's opening today but it's opening for emergency cases only so it's only for people who are planning on travelling I imagine from next Monday the 19th of uh, July uh, and, and so between now and Monday it's just open for emergencies and then it fully opens to everybody else from next uh, Monday so unless you're travelling and need to get your digital COVID cert because you have recovered from COVID-19 and it's about 180,000 people have had COVID in the last number of months so there'll be a lot of people looking to apply for those uh, certs either to travel overseas or if they want to now we know you're going to need them to get into a restaurant as well so a lot of people will be applying but the full helpline opens next Monday just emergencies at the moment because obviously we don't want to have that particular helpline flooded today and Donald contacted us a little bit concerned he was sitting outside a bar in North Cork over the weekend they were watching the Euro final and next to them at the next table were tourists who travelled from Holland and as you do you get chatting to people when you're out and about like that so Donald got talking to them saying you know what was it like coming into Ireland what you know, kind of a procedure did you have to go through was there delays what kind of checks and all of that and Donald said he was shocked to hear them say that there was no checks whatsoever and he said the tourists themselves travelling from Holland said they were surprised so then Donald dug a little bit deeper and said are you vaccinated lads and they said no they're not uh, vaccinated so Donald said all this talk about certs and airport checks says Robert well well, it's not because uh, Donald you can get your digital Covid cert which came into being for Holland and for the rest of Europe on the 1st of July you can get it three ways you get it by being fully vaccinated you get it because you've recovered from Covid but you also get it on a negative PCR test so they couldn't have gotten a plane unless they had a negative PCR test and I know that when they would have arrived in Dublin airport and obviously it was before last weekend so it would have been last week uh, sometime they don't don't have the checkers in place now they will for next Monday for the 19th of July for sure but I know certainly last week they didn't have the checkers in place to actually check the COVID certificates but they would have been checked before they boarded the plane Uh, but Donald said that the travellers themselves thought that there would have been more checks particularly when they arrived into uh, Dublin or maybe it was Cork whatever airport they arrived into and then Michael in, in Buttevant was on about Boris Johnson opening up the UK and it's kind of going to be what some people are calling a free-for-all from next Monday even though Boris Johnson is saying to people that he wants he's going to proceed with but he's he's urging people to proceed with caution so he's really sort of saying we're going to remove all of the restrictions and we're leaving it up to you the uh, people Michael and Butterfield is concerned about that he said we need to put a stop to whatever Boris Johnson is doing we should be putting people at airports and ferry ports and anyone coming from 
from the UK should be put into quarantine quarantining. We know the virus came into this country via travel and Michael says whether they're vaccinated or not Michael feels they should be told to stay at home and stay in the UK. If England are opening up then Michael feels the English should be staying in the UK. Now I don't know if many people are going to agree with you on that particularly those that are vaccinated uh, Michael because we would have a lot of our listeners who are looking forward to family members who they haven't seen some some family members haven't seen sons, daughters, parents since 2019 and a lot of people are looking forward to international travel from next Monday and particularly looking forward to people coming from the UK or travelling to the UK so that they can see family members. It isn't just a case of wanting to go on holidays. People desperately want to see family members as well. And on the indoor dining, or just let me stay with England before I get to the indoor dining, uh, a listener says England is a bigger country than we here in Ireland. Boris Johnson is right to open up the country. He knows that people won't take the vaccinations, so he won't be waiting for those people. It's going to be the same here. Micheál Martin wants everyone vaccinated, but that's not going to happen. So open up the country and people will be responsible. If not, then it's their problem. Why should people with the two vaccines have to suffer? And it's discrimination not to allow only certain people into pubs and restaurants. And that's the reason that legislation has to be put in place to protect the publicans and the restaurant owners from being accused of discrimination. That's why legislation has been rushed through before they the doll convenes for the summer holidays. And Heidi is also picking up on that point, saying, uh, Morning, Patricia. I'm not sure that this is legal with these passes for vaccines. While I have had mine, some people may not have taken their vaccine for one reason or another. And now that they've been told they can't enter a restaurant, how fair is that, uh, says Heidi. And we know that there are people uh, there. Now, in this country, we have very little vaccine hesitancy. But do we have vaccine hesitancy? Of course we do. Of course, 100% of people are not going to take the vaccine. But we have much less vaccine hesitancy than we have in other countries. But as I say, that's the reason that they're putting legislation in place to allow restaurants owners and publicans to refuse people because if you didn't have the legislation in place then you could be accused of of discrimination so they're going to be protected that way. I imagine what is going to happen and it's already that you can already see they're starting to talk about it. Antigen testing is going to come in for people who haven't been vaccinated. So what will happen then is as is happening in other countries if you haven't had a vaccine or you haven't had COVID and you're not recovered from uh, COVID then in order to get into a restaurant you'll be allowed to take an antigen test and if your antigen test is negative then you will be allowed in. That certainly is going to happen. When? I don't know. It's certainly it's not going to happen initially. Initially, it's going to be, as we've been talking about, just for vaccinated, just for people who have recovered. But certainly it will come in. They they are definitely going to have to look at bringing in antigen testing for people. As you say, there are people who, for whatever reason, don't want to get vaccinated. Then they're going to have to eventually be allowed to get on with their lives. 1850 333103. Michael and Skipperine says, Patricia, hi, uh, I'm 48 
how can I register to get uh, vaccinated? Well, vaccination is well open for your age group, uh, Michael, because at the moment, anyone between the ages of 30 and 69 can register. You can go on hse.ie. You're unfortunately just out of the age group that's able to get a vaccine at a participating pharmacy. You get your name down in a pharmacy if you're between 18 and 34 or if you're over 50, but at 48, you're going to have to go through the hse.ie and you'll be sent to one of the vaccination centres. 1850 333 103. John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. General Operative wanted for a concrete polishing company that's based in North Cork. The Blue Haven Hotel Collection, they've got a vacancy for an experienced operations manager. While Comfort Keepers Ireland, they're looking for healthcare assistance for Cork City. And a cafe assistant is wanted, that's for work in the Newmarket area. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie As the opening up of indoor dining and hospitality in some form is on the way, it is widely accepted that good ventilation is a key infection control weapon. To explain why, I'm joined by air pollution expert Professor John Wenger of UCC School of Chemistry. Good morning to you, John. Good morning. And you're, you're welcome to the programme. I suppose, can you start by explaining how ventilation can help stop the spread of COVID-19? OK, ventilation is important because the virus, the virus is mainly spread through the air. When we talk and even when we breathe, uh, thousands of tiny invisible particles come out of our mouth and in an infected person, these particles can contain the virus. OK, so these particles are small enough and they can move around in the air just like cigarette smoke. And so they can hang around even for hours. Um, so anybody in the room can inhale these tiny particles, contain the virus, and become infected. If you're in a closed room, the amount of particles can build up, okay? And there is a greater risk of infection the longer you spend in that room. So the way to get rid of the virus from the air is obviously to ventilate the room. So open doors and windows or to have a mechanical ventilation system to replace the air with fresh air. And as simple as that, clean air really helps. And you're suggesting a simple CO2 monitor could help. Right, because um, it's actually really hard to measure the virus particles in the air. Um, but what we can do is we can measure carbon dioxide, CO2, very well. Um, many of the listeners might know that we breathe out CO2, just like we breathe out the virus. So instead of measuring the virus, we measure CO2. Um, and what we find is that outdoors, if you measure CO2, the level is about 400, and we call these units of measurement parts per million, right? Um, but that doesn't matter. 400 parts per million means that there's going to be 400 molecules in a million molecules of air of carbon dioxide. Outside. Now go, that's yeah, outside. That's, outside. That's, okay. that's the fresh air level. Okay. So that's like the background level, and that way we have background in a room as well. But once you add people to that room, they're breathing out carbon dioxide, okay? And the level starts to rise and rise and rise unless you flush it out by opening the doors and windows or have a ventilation system. So, for example, right, if you go to a, a crowded classroom, say pre-COVID conditions and the windows shut, um, you could get levels above 1,000 or, or even up to 2,000. And why it's a concern in a school environment is because we know that high CO2 levels um, can affect brain function, right? Um, 
also that um, it can make you drowsy when you get to very high levels. You know, you may have been in a very stuffy room. Absolutely, uh, and you can feel yourself nodding off to sleep almost. Absolutely, yeah, yeah it can yeah. make you drowsy, right? And it can make you drowsy in the car as well if you don't have fresh air coming through. That's another reason why fresh air is important. Now, if we um, imagine that, um, based on all the measurements that we've done over decades, what we know is about, you want to get it as low as possible, right? But that's going to be hard. You want to get it to outdoors. We know outdoors is good already. People are encouraged to do stuff outdoors. But how can we bring the outdoors in, provide as much fresh air as possible? And what we find is that in a typical environment like a classroom, we can probably get down to about 800 parts per million. So that's the guideline that we're trying to get for. At 800 parts per million, it's widely accepted that the place is well ventilated. And so a CO2 monitor in a room, could be a bar, could be a restaurant, could be a classroom, could be a crowded office, can give you a good indication of how fresh the air is in your in, in your environment. And I'm really interested in this. You put this to the test in a hairdressing salon in the city. That's right. So, Tell me about uh, that. I Ma- so I live in McCroom. Uh, my friend Nora Cronin also lives in McCroom. I bumped into her in Duns, actually, before the uh, <laughs> reopening. And um, I was just asking because I've been, you know, trying to get the message out about ventilation. I was asking what Nora knew about it. She knew some stuff, but she wasn't really sure what to do. Um, uh, she knew about open windows and so on. So I said, hey, I'm going to lend you my CO2 monitor, take it into the salon. So Nora works in um, in Cork City in the Head to Toe Salon in Princess Street. And um, so she took it in and I said, look, just place the CO2 monitor away from a person because you don't want to be breathing on it, right? Um, place it away from a person and just when you're in the room, just keep your eye on it. And when it starts to rise, open a window. And sure, opening a window does kind of stop the CO2 from rising too much. Um, but then I said to Nora, I said, look, see what else you can do if it keeps on going up. And what Nora then did was to open another window on the other side of the room ah. or a door. And when you've got two windows open or a window and a door open, you've got a much, um, a much better flow of air through the place. All right? And you flush out the CO2. Um, and if you imagine you have virus from an infected person, you will be flushing out the virus as well. And it just goes to show what we call the importance of a good airflow through the place. It's called cross-ventilation, right? And rather than having one window open, you have two that are across from each other. And so that allows the air to flow through the whole place very efficiently. And that's the best thing to do when you've got a naturally ventilated place. So it was the reason why when the children were in school that we heard, and I have to say we had some complaints about it from some of the parents <laughs> during the cold weather saying their little darlings were a little bit cold in the classroom. But it's one of the reasons why schools were told to open doors and windows. Absolutely. And you know what? I think it made a difference because in the end, although we did get cases in schools, I think it could have been worse if we didn't have proper ventilation. Um, you know, many of the school buildings are naturally ventilated and they rely on windows and doors. You know, I have, I have two teenage children and they're in the same environment. Um, but, um, you know, the good thing now is that the Department of Education is providing support for schools. You may have heard that they are issuing CO2 monitors uh, to schools uh, for the upcoming start of term. So, um, you know, they should be in a good place to, to, to monitor the CO2. And the good thing about a CO2 monitor is this, right, is what we found is that you don't necessarily have to have all of the windows and doors open all the time. Depends on the number of people in the room. Obviously, the more people, the more CO2, right? Mm. Um, but what you can do is you can use the CO2 monitor to kind of balance that effect, right? So you think about it, right? If you obviously um, have all the doors and windows open, you're losing heat, it'll get cold. But actually, if you start to then close the windows and you find that your CO2 levels are still fine, 
then you have control in ventilation while also trying to manage the comfort for the people in the room, the thermal comfort. And uh, the CO2 monitor is a very effective tool for allowing you to manage your own ventilation in that space. Okay, a couple of questions in. Does uh, air conditioning work? Yes, absolutely. So uh, a very uh, well-designed mechanical ventilation system with fans and filters will work nearly always they're designed to manage the airflow in that space for a set number of people doing a certain activity. So properly designed and maintained, now I'm saying and maintained systems are going to work very well. They're designed to deliver a lot of air through a, um, to a place um, and they should be effective. The one thing that I would say, though, is that um, these are where they have proper ventilation systems and you will see them in, you know, uh, probably the larger restaurants and larger buildings. You see the docking in the ceiling and all the rest of it. Um, what doesn't work is units that are sort of stuck on the wall that are just recirculating the air. You need to bring in fresh air, right? So if you have an air conditioning unit that you just switch on from the wall, if you can't see that there's any air going into it from outside, it's just recirculating air. It's, not, yeah. it's cooling it, It's cooling it, right, or heating it, depending on what you're doing, but it's not providing fresh air. And so those should not be used in, in, in COVID era, really. Okay, another of our listeners, Colette says, my husband is booked to take my 13-year-old son to an indoor water park. I have concerns about the humidity because swimming pools can be very humid, almost like a sauna. Uh, Would your expert be concerned about that? Uh, Probably not, to be honest. I think that an indoor water park, you know, as long as you maintain your distance from people um, and you're not within a metre of somebody, I I think it's fine. The, the, The volume of air in there would be huge, right? So if there's any infected people, uh, that would be very low concentrations in that whole space. You know, the bigger the space, the better, really, right? So I think there's no problem. We do know that humidity does um, affect the lifetime of the virus in air, and the lifetime of the virus is increased when we go to extremes of humidity, when it's very dry and also when it's very wet. So I do understand the concern, but I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think in a large space like an underwater park, it's almost like the outdoors, really. As mm. long as you are not breathing on top of somebody or somebody's breathing on top of you, then I think you should be safe enough. Pat wants to know, he's listening with interest to you, but he says, what about in wintertime? You can't sit with doors and windows uh, open. But you're not suggesting the doors and windows will be open all the time. Well, to be honest, I think that's what the, the advice was given to school, was to keep them open all the time. Um, it's difficult to manage. I mean, you, exactly, it's a very tough thing in, during the winter months. Um, uh it's, it's, it's important where there are many people in a room. If there's one or two people in the room, I think it's okay, you know. Um, but what I would suggest is just to have the window open a small bit and the door open a small bit, just to maintain a steady but slow flow. Um, and if you can manage that, then good. If not, then um, one of the ways to remove the virus from the air is to, is to have one of these portable air cleaners. So you may have seen these. Sometimes they're called air purifiers. Um, but basically something with a, a HEPA filter, high-efficiency particulate air filter, is very good at removing the virus from the air. Um, without, it, it's, and it's especially useful when there's, um, in places where there are poor ventilation or no windows, for example. Um, so there are other ways to remove the virus from the air um, as well. And filtration could be effective in places like that. Okay. And the CO2 monitors, John, are they expensive? Okay. So a CO2 monitor... Uh, it's about the size of a pack of cards, all right? Now, yeah. most of them you plug in, and they've got a cable. Um, so um, they give a readout of the CO2 level every minute or a few minutes. Um, and the ones I've been using, 
are priced between about 100 and 200 euro. Well, they're not, um, so they're not that expensive. Not that expensive. It's a lot less expensive than all the perspex screens that people were putting up that really didn't really help in the end. Um, so I think that um, if you are a small business um, or work in a workplace, then I think it's a worthwhile investment because it just gives you an idea of the um, level of fresh air in your room. And think about it. If you have a CO2 monitor, you can tell people, hey, the level is below 800. That, that, that's, a, that's a green on the traffic light. Uh, it means that we've got a well-ventilated place. Yeah. And mm. that, will provide, that will provide some reassurance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. But also, but also the staff, the staff and the owner, who, who is, how well-ventilated is a is place? You don't know if you don't measure it, right? So um, this is one of the cost-effective ways of measuring your ventilation. Okay, Marion, one of our listeners, wants to know, are you more concerned about particles of virus in the air than on surfaces? She says she remembers in the early days uh, bringing her shopping home and cleaning all the surfaces of everything. Everybody was hyper about coronavirus when it first came out. Should, it, should we be more concerned about it being in the air than on a surface? Absolutely. I think we found that out over the last 18 months, I suppose, this pandemic now. Um, and that's why we wear masks, because a mask stops us from breathing it out, but it also stops us from breathing it in. Um, that's why we have a distance. The further you are from somebody, the less of the particles you could uh, uh, receive, right? Uh, you breathe in. And that's why ventilation is important. Now, surfaces, uh, we, there's lots more evidence from the scientific reports of it being in the air than people catching it from the surfaces. It's not that it's not possible, but it does seem to be unlikely now. Um, and the U.S., CDC, that's the Centers for Disease Prevention and Control, think that it's, it's less than one in 10,000 chance of touching an infected surface and then infecting yourself. Um, so we are not saying stop washing your hands. That's good hygiene, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the main, the airborne threat, or being in the air, is, 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 is the um, most important thing to consider. So, so yeah, you know, distance and masks and ventilation are the key to all of this. Yeah, I was, I was watching some of the reports coming out of Australia and, you know, Sydney seems to be in a bit of a, a bind at the moment and yet their cases are low in, in comparison to us. But because they're low, they can really do really good contact tracing as to how yep. somebody picked it up. Yep. But some of the evidence was, was a man walking past another man and they reckon one man was breathing it out and the other guy breathed it in and, and that's how he picked it up. Yeah, and uh, that's very concerning. And I think this is the Delta variant. Yeah. Uh, the Delta variant, we do really need to take care about this because, um, again, what we're finding is that the amount of virus that the people breathe out with the Delta variant is much greater, mm. maybe up to a thousand times greater. And so that's why it's more transmissible. It doesn't transmit in a different way. There's just a lot more virus that people are breathing out and therefore people breathe in. And so... Um, in that case, then, if you think about it, the chance of getting an infection is the amount of virus and the amount of time that you're breathing in that air, okay? So the longer time, the more chance you're going to get infected, but also the more virus, the more chance you're going to get infected. And, and so really, I mean, it was a surprise, I have to say, to find just a few seconds, but we have seen reports as well in places um, like U.S. prisons and other places in New Zealand where literally minutes of exposure have, have caused infection. So we, I don't want to make people panic about this. Um, it's, it's a few observations, but, you know, reduce time uh, and take precautions to... Um, you know, uh, and ventilate, ventilate, ventilate. Okay, listen, exactly. I enjoyed our chat, John. Thank you for that, and thank you for taking time out to talk to us today. 
Okay. Good morning to you. Uh, bye bye. That is Professor uh, John Wenger, who is uh, UCC's with UCC's School of Chemistry, but he's an air pollution expert. Now, the River Blackwater in Formoy is truly blessed to have this country's only wheelchair accessible boat, which has provided hours upon hours of enjoyment for so many for the past 14 years. To find out how this year's season is going, I'm joined by Chris Kipper O'Donovan, who is the skipper of the Boat. Good morning to you, Chris. Good morning, Patricia. And, Good morning, listeners. And you're joining us, I believe, live from the Wheelie Boat. Yeah, we're well, live from the Wheelie Boat here. We're at the Rock here from my, with young Harry Flynn. He's fishing here at the moment with me. Has he caught anything yet? No, he hasn't caught anything yet. No, no. no. He lost the dinner, all right. But, Did uh, he? He's doing his best, yeah. He's doing okay, best. tell me how has COVID uh, affected the work of the Wheelie Boat? Well, the COVID started, as you, uh, we all know, it was last year. So they had a huge effect on us because we had little or no passengers last year, coupled with no flag there. So it had a huge implement, you know, on our funding. Our funding was devastating. Um, so um, this year, in the last month or so, we've had, the boat has been extremely busy, which was great. And the, and, the, and the river conditions were superb. But now we have a lot more people has got knowledge of the boat and unfortunately, the weather's going to get better and the the, the the water levels are dropping, which is a disaster for the wheelie boat. Um, even though we have in, invested now, there's a new canopy on the boat, which came in at a cost of €3,000. So the, the people now using the boat won't get wet anymore, even if there's a shower, you know what I mean? It's absolutely perfect. Uh, but the only problem we have now is the river and the weir, you know, so... Yeah, and the water levels on the river uh, is are down, and that was because of the collapse of the historic weir. I mean, that's that's the reason for it, isn't it? That is the sole sole reason, and it's, it's getting a bit long and long in the truth now. The, the how long we're waiting for planning to go through, and again, the authorities are going to be using this COVID as an excuse for everything. You know, um, two years ago we were told the money was in place and has nothing done, only surveys, surveys, and surveys. But I mean. The way it has been solved for as long as we are trying to get it fixed, as long as the wheelie boat's on the river, 14 years now, you know. It's just getting a bit long in the arm now, you know. And when the water levels drop, does that mean you can't go out at all, Chris? No, it means I can just bring the, the, the young fellas. We can go fishing, but, you know, the young fellas have no... Uh, the young the youngsters, they, they're not worried about celebrities or, or, or big houses, or, you, know, or, you know, they just want to go fishing. So we, what the problem is, people see me taking the youngsters fishing, and they say, well, we rang yesterday for that boat, and they told us we can't get out. They can't do a trip. And what happens is we can't, we can only go a couple of hundred yards up the river uh, when the waters are low. And, you know, if, and when the waters are high enough, we can do the, ho- the full trip. So some days we can do the trip, and there's other days we can't do the trip. But if and uh, and told, the full trip takes you from where to where? Uh, when From the rowing club here in Formoy, uh, yeah. right up to Castle Height House and back. And initially, that takes about an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, and it's a fantastic trip. I don't have to say it. People, people that have uh, have been on the trip in the last month are just, they, they can't believe it. They can't believe it was such an immunity at our doorstep, you know. Um, and sadly, sadly, we can't operate in, full, in the full capacity with, with the weather, because of the weather, you know. And because we have, thankfully, very good weather uh, forecast, practically yeah. for the rest of this week and into next week, there's, no, right. there's, there's very little rain on the way. So that means... Yeah. That means, like at the moment now, I can operate for the next two days, and I know that. Yeah. Uh, but after, I mean, after Friday, it, it definitely I won't be able to get up to Castle by, by, by at the weekend. And I, I have bookings 
I have bookings for the weekend. And, and it's so frustrating with the weather being beautiful. I mean, how yeah, perfect is. to be out on the River Blackwater on a boat with the yeah. sun shining. And yeah, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible this time of year. The, the, the colour of the fauna and, and, and the wildlife they see is incredible. Uh, and it's just so, so sad. And be, being that we're in a COVID situation and that there's a lot of people at home, you know, and they can use this to mean, you know, and this is why we're busy. Um, and it's just, it's a shame. It's a shame, you know. Um, we just have to do our best. To, but uh, the reason I'm asked to come on your show this morning was to explain to people when they book and I have to ring them up and tell them we can't go and then they see me bringing the youngsters fishing to say, but uh, just, he told me yesterday I can't go. I, I can't get up to Castle Hayden back because you, I damaged the boat. You're just taking the young the lads boat. out fishing if, if, if people see you out. And I'm assuming you're getting calls in from people who are planning on a staycation in that, the that's exactly North Cork what's area. Happening. That's yeah. exactly what's happening. I, I was on to one lady, well, one lady was on to me yesterday morning and I told her I'd have to get a secretary. Uh, my phone has happened, um, which is good, but the sad news is that it's, it's the water level. I have to rely on the water level. But I don't, I don't really care anymore if there's heavy rain or anything because of the canopy that we got, you know. Mm. Um, there's nobody going to get wet anymore and there's nobody going to get sunburned, which is great. And you're getting uh, calls in, I'm assuming, from people, wheelchair anglers. We're getting uh, disability groups, yeah, where we have a few bookings from them um, um, coming up. Uh, we also have the local staycation, as, 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 as you just mentioned. And well, we seem to be getting a lot of activity from the North Cork area at the moment. Outside Mallow, Shanballymore, Kildare. A lot of customers, you know, a lot of people interested in from that side of the, of, of, of the, um, the county, which is great. Like, people, and people, I mean, you know, we've, we have a feature here that we started doing on Friday, giving suggestions to people for where yeah. they can go with, you know, in this gorgeous county that we're blessed uh, to live in. So people yeah. are discovering facilities and services like your good self, that are on our doorstep, that were always yeah. on our doorstep. That's right. But people That's didn't right. know about it before. It's suddenly because you can't go very far and people are stay, staycationing. We're discovering yeah. what, what's here. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why you're getting so many calls. And you're now caught with, while you'd yeah. love to be taking all these people down the beautiful black water, you can't. Yeah. No, I can't. It's frustrating. I can't. It's can't. frustrating. Talk to me the fundraising. You touched on it at, at the start. I mean, hugely affected because of the pandemic. Oh, uh, the last two. We were actually gone this year. Uh, we, we were gone. The boat was gone, completely gone this year. Um, only for we set up a GoFundMe page, which is still operational, by the way. Uh, and, and thank God we got a, a great response to that. And from the GoFundMe, then we have to pay, we have to pay our insurance, which is the most important thing, followed, followed by our accountant. Like our accountant is not going to give us a freebie because we had no activity the year before, you know. How much um, is your insurance, Chris? Well, our insurance, and, 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 and uh, I, I won't put the exact figure, but our insurance and our uh, accountants come in around between 11 and 1,200 euros a year. And that has and to be raised fly, every year. And our flight there then only brings in uh, eight to 900 euros a year. So we rely on, we, we, have to, we have to operate the passengers so that we get money in to add to our flight there so that we can cover our annual costs. Okay. Simple as that. There is no money in this for nobody. Okay, the, go, the GoFundMe page is still up and running? The GoFundMe page is still up and running. It's the uh, Keep the Wheelie Boat Afloat is uh, in the GoFundMe page. Uh, keep the Wheelie Boat Afloat. Okay. Uh, I'll keep uh, Tomoy's wheelchair-friendly boat afloat. Um, and they'll find it out if anybody wants to interested, we'll be delighted. But, um, you see, we have uh, we have a youth group 
operational as an angling, an angling body. So we have the young fellas, the youngsters fishing, and then we, we need the tourists, our locals, to use the boat so that we can financially keep the whole thing going together, okay. you know? All right, Catherine uh, from Oi says, I took a trip yesterday. It was fantastic. The views along the Blackwater, I would highly recommend it to everyone. Uh, it should be a major tourist attraction. My two grandchildren loved it as well. Uh, delighted to hear it's been highlighted on the programme today. Uh, thanks for that, Catherine. Chris, thank you. We'll speak again. Sure. In the meantime, uh, keep keep flying the flag and keep those tight lines. And we hope and Harry catches the salmon here this morning. OK, right? well done, well done. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank that you. is... Uh, Chris O'Donovan, uh, Kipper, the uh, O'Donovan, the skipper of the Wheelie Boat. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Mike in Bantry was listening to me speak to Chris O'Donovan of the Wheelie Boat in Formoy and uh, Mike says I fish for tri- trout and I have fished for trout on the Blackwater River in Mallow. My brother-in-law Paul and I caught a lot of trout there over the years. We kayaked from Ruskeen Bridge to Formoy saw all the wildlife. It was a really great way to relax. You paint an idyllic picture Mike and yet listen to poor Chris who'd love to be bringing more people out on the Blackwater in Formoy but because of the uh, what's happened with the weir and the fall in water levels he's unfortunately not able to do as many of the trips that he has done on previous years but you certainly paint a lovely picture of uh, kayaking along the River Blackwater thank you for your text to 0862 103 103 listen to this for a little bit of a tease from Aiken Promotions they've released a video this morning on their social media platforms teasing a concert planned for Cork uh, it's planned for Porky Cueve and in- included is the letter E but they're using a star that eagle-eyed people have pointed out is the font that Elton John uses. We do know that Elton John is doing a farewell tour. Could part of his farewell tour now include a concert at Porky Cueve in uh, Cork for Elton John fans. That would be fantastic. And I saw Elton John off once if not twice before in the marquee did he play twice I certainly was there once if if not twice and just a banger of a concert he really really was and he is embarking on this farewell tour so we wait with great interest but it's a bit of a tease that has been put out by Aiken Promotions and you know some people are really eagle eyed at picking up on what the cryptic message is could it be that Elton John is coming to Cork let's wait let's watch this uh, space and we spoke about air and good air filtration in the last hour Colin and Bosford said listening to Professor John Wenger of UCC and his thesis on fresh air and it made so much sense didn't it to have a door and a window open and let the air blow in you know cross ventilation I think was what it was what he called it and he said that's all well and good but he said if you're living in the countryside and you're opening your doors and the windows and they're spreading slurry that's not fresh air, says Colin in Boston, even though the farming community would say you won't get fresher air than that, uh, Colin. But I know and accept the point you're making. If you're living in an area where slurry has been spread, it's, how often do we hear people saying they have to keep all of their doors and windows closed? So I know the point you're making. 1850-333-103. OK, going to open up the text lines now for our smart speaker giveaway that we're running right across the week here on uh, C103. Your chance every day on all of the day parts to win a smart speaker uh, giveaway with done deal for all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. We need you now please to text in your name and address 
Text or WhatsApp only, please, to 0862 103 103. And we'll let you enter for about 10 minutes. Then John Paul will randomly select one of the people that have entered. We'll give the call back. And remember, when we give you the call back, I'll have a quick chat with you on air, but you need to be able to repeat the winning phrase. And the winning phrase is play C103. And the idea behind that is if you're lucky enough to win one of these wonderful smart speakers, Every morning that you get up, you won't even have to turn on a radio. All you need to do is say to the smart speakers, play C103 and the radio station appears and they are a mine of information. You can get the weather forecast on them. You can get the news on it. You can get it to tell you a joke. Some of the funniest things you can come, can come out of your smart speakers, plus some of the more serious stuff. It's kind of like having your own little talking encyclopedia in whatever room you decide to put your smart speaker. So the winning phase is play C103 but we need you to enter now by text or WhatsApp please 0862 103 103 Let me move on with some of your calls and comments coming in Now there does seem to be a lot of confusion and a lot of queries in to do with the COVID vaccine digital cert and one of our listeners actually has sent in Andrew has sent in a text saying here's one for you about the vaccination programme and the digital COVID certificate. I originally registered on the HSE website for my COVID vaccine. I did it back in May. I'm a 64-year-old. Heard nothing. And in June, when it was announced that pharmacies were offering the one-shot Janssen to the over 60s, I managed to get an appointment at a local chemist for the 19th of June. So now I'm fully vaccinated. I asked at the time, do I now need to deregister with the HSC? And I was told no, no, no need. The chemist was sending all the information to the HSC. Guess what? The following week, I received a text from the HSC calling me for my first shot appointment. I replied to them saying cancel. I then looked on the HSC website and I logged in and it still shows me that I'm waiting for my first appointment. I seriously question if I'll ever get a digital certificate based on this. I'm afraid that the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. I have my vaccination card now. So I suppose that will have to do. Kind regards, says Andrew. Aha! Have faith, Andrew, have faith. It could be to do with the cyber attack and that they're, not everything is getting updated on time. But you certainly will know. I mean, you've well, OK, you will, you will be due because you got it in the pharmacy. You will be receiving your COVID certificate by post. So you certainly will know by next week, if you haven't received it by post, then we'll be encouraging you to ring that number, the helpline number that we gave out that is up and running, but it's only up and running today and for the rest of this week for emergencies, people who urgently need to get a COVID certificate. But you only ring that particular number if you are looking for a COVID, an urgent COVID certificate because you've recovered from COVID. It's not for anybody that's waiting to get it by post or uh, email. Keep us posted pardon the pun Andrew and let us know how you get on and let us know when you do but keep the faith I really do believe you will get because everyone is saying how terribly efficient the system seems to be because since I came on air this morning and mentioned that the digital certs are either in the post or they're being emailed to people we're getting flooded with people who are already starting to uh, receive them and about a million have been issued by email already uh, to people that's been uh, or been fully confirmed that's been confirmed by the uh, HSC Executive Vaccination Centre the Department of Health said it expects all everyone who's getting it by email the, the, those of us 
who got vaccinated at a vaccination centre will all have our certs by this uh, Thursday. Now they accept that issuing the certs by post is a lot easier but they are warning that they're being careful not to trigger spam filters on email systems and we've already heard this morning that some people it's going into their spam folders for, for the majority they're going into their inbox and for then for the other people the, the people who got a vaccination at the GP at a pharmacy or at a hospital their cert will be in the post almost a million of those have to be issued and they're telling us delivery will be completed by this day next week so Andrew if you haven't by this day next week next Tuesday receive something in the post then you'll be getting on to the centre to tell them you haven't got yours yet but as I say I, I firmly believe that you will get it by this time next week. Uh, now people who have recovered from COVID-19 will have to request their cert from the National Call Centre which has been run by the Department of Health. Now we've given out the details of the call uh, centre but it's only for emergency calls at the moment the 1-800-851-504 from next Monday they will be accepting calls from people who have recovered from COVID-19. Now the HSC are at pains to say that they it has no responsibility for the establishment or operation of the National Call Centre which will answer queries from the public regarding the EU digital COVID certificate and I'm assuming the reason that they're saying that is they are already today getting calls into the HSE asking about the EU Digital COVID Certificate. The HSE will not be responsible for that, so please don't call the, the HSE on that. And the Minister for State, Oshin Smith, has already had to come out this morning to say that GPs also do not have a role in issuing the recovery certs and people looking for one will have to contact the National Call uh, Centre Minister Oshin Smith said anyone who does not have proof of a positive COVID infection cannot be issued with a recovery cert and the call centre will not be able to facilitate the earlier issuing of digital COVID certificates either. And it does seem that GPs, because I saw Ray Wally, Dr Ray Wally, who's a member of COVID-19's GP Advisory uh, Committee, he's already come out this morning saying that there was no engagement with GPs on the issue and that calls over the COVID certs are now sidelining clinical issues for them. And that he's pointing out that GPs do not have the, te- the, the test results come from a central HSE referral, you know, walk-in centres or whatever, and that they don't have that information so that they can't issue the certificates. And doctors are already starting to get calls in from people because they gave somebody the vaccine. Are you giving me my digital cert? They're not. So please don't be calling your GP. Please don't be calling the HSE uh, either. Uh, the digital certs, they're on the way, but people are just going to have to have a little bit of patience. But there's just a number of queries coming in and people are all just getting a little bit confused about us. So I think patience more than ever is what everybody needs. But by tomorrow most people will have, will, well, they're saying everyone will have got theirs by email and by this day next week for those in the post. 1850-333-103 John Paul is taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp 0862-103-103 The C103 Cork Diary With the new Explore Cork app a Cork County Council initiative featuring over 850 places to see and things to do. 
Post families are wanted for students to stay in the Donnerail area. If you can help, can you email sabinakiley9 at gmail.com for further details. An Aurora charity shop on St. Joseph's Road in Mallow. They're currently appealing for donations of clothes, shoes, bric-a-bac, furniture and books. It's for resale in their shop. All proceeds from the sale at Aurora go to the Cork Mental Health Association. A Knocknagree Community Development Group are holding a drive in Bingo next Sunday in the village. Uh, the jackpot will be €400 Euro, and they're asking people to arrive at 1230 for a 1pm start. And the Wallace family are holding a fundraising garden event for the Irish Cancer Society's Daffodil Day Fund at their home, Five Spittle Cottages in Cloyne. It's happening on Friday the 23rd of July from 9.30 in the morning to 3.30 in the afternoon. Donations for the raffle will be ex- accepted the day before. And if you'd like more information, you can call 021 4652052. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Remember yesterday we had a query in from, actually we had a couple of queries in from some of our listeners who were, had an issue with inputting details for the school transport on the Bus Erin website. Martha in particular was explaining to us that when she puts in her medical card number the page doesn't let her move on and then instead she's been getting charged for the school bus and we know that people who have a medical card do not have to pay for the children to go on the school bus and she contacted us and we put it out there and others said yeah they're having the very same issue so we said we'd get on to Bus Aaron to see if we could find out what was happening so we contacted uh, Bus Aaron and they've come back to us today to say uh, regretfully due to the cyber attack God this cyber attack on the HSE's IT system it's causing so many problems the medical card verification system used as payment for the school transport tickets is currently unavailable Bus Aaron is working urgently with the HSE to find a solution to the issue they say the issue is separate from the HSE online website for medical card applications and of course that recently reopened. Now the HSE or sorry Bus Aaron has contacted family account holders who used who have in the past used their children's medical card for payment and they have directly advised them of the issue so they're apologising to Martha and any other family who didn't receive the notification you should have got an email sent out to you on the 9th of July but they say advice and regular updates are also available on the Bus Aaron website busaaron.ie forward slash school transport but they are aware of the issue now it could also have been that for people trying to input the medical card uh, details maybe they were doing it for the first time because there are families because of the pandemic who've lost their jobs and are suddenly entitled to medical cards who were never entitled to medical cards before so it is possible that they didn't get to everybody by advising them about what's, what's happening uh, there so uh, but the, the e- email certainly went out to other people so that's good to hear uh, so thank you to Bus Aaron they were prompt with their response there and hopefully that sorted out that issue for Martha and the other families. A smartphone speaker giveaway we put the call out got a huge response and we gave John Paul the task of selecting uh, a winner for today. Jennifer Brazel is in Ballyhay. Good afternoon to you Jennifer. Hi Patricia, how are you? I'm very well. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. And you would like to win for yourself a smart speaker? I would of course. (laughs) Do you have a smart speaker? I don't. You don't? Actually I'm surprised at the number of people that don't have smart speakers. You will not know how you lived without one when you get one. (laughs) 
I'm telling you that. You you really will not. Now, you've got to repeat for us the winning phrase. Play C103. That's it, in a nutshell. And that means you have just won for yourself a smart speaker, which we will get out to you in the post. So tell us what's happening in Ballyhay today. Uh, no, nothing too, too exciting. It's quite dull, but it's very humid. Isn't it just, and I think this humid weather is building up to what is expected to be really good weather at the weekend? Brilliant. That'll be nice. Yeah, bring it on. All right, Jennifer, congratulations. And uh, we'll get that smart speaker to you. That's great. Thank you so much. Good afternoon. Bye bye. It's as easy as that. The winning phrase is play C103. We'll hand the baton over to Nick Richards on his programme and he will have another of these smart speakers and we're giving them away throughout the day and throughout the week here on C103. Your chance to win smart C103 smart speaker with done deal for all of Ireland's trusted car dealerships. Uh, John Paul continues to take your calls at 1850 And just on somebody else who contacted us on a HSE issue who was logging on to the COVID vaccination registration portal and anyone who has registered on hse.ie to register for COVID vaccine will know that there are a number of procedures in place and it is to make sure that everything's above board and they're keeping everybody as safe as possible including you get sent a text message it's the reason that you have to have, have a mobile phone number when you're applying you get sent a text message to verify your ID and a listener said they sent off text message arrived but it came from a UK num- number plus four four big long number ending with double seven double seven double seven. Anyway, Lister says my wife looked up that number on Google and there was thousands of comments saying it's possibly a phishing scam number with Russian origins. I tried it twice again and the text keeps coming from the same number. I'm now trying to contact the HSC to find out if this is suspicious because I was surely the text message should come from uh, an Ireland 086 number. And no, because as soon as I got that text in, I had my own mobile phone with me and I went back to when I registered for my COVID vaccine to see what number, because I remember it coming from a UK number and it's the identical number. So it is the number where you get the verification text and they send you, is it a six-digit code or something that you then have to import and then you move on uh, from there. So no, that is very much above uh, board. Uh, and I don't know whether you got through to the HSC or not yet, but that is that is genuine and that is the number that they are using. And I remember at the time when we first started registering for vaccines, a number of people were a bit nervous about it. And I suppose we're all so concerned because there are so many scams doing the rounds at the moment. People just get very nervous, very anxious about clicking on anything. Just people double check. And, and I think we're right to double check everything because we don't certainly want to lose any of our hard earned cash to uh, scam artists. And just very quickly, this is, I saw, watched this on the paper this morning from Senan Maloney with the Irish Independent and this is to do with the Sophie Tuscondra Plantier case there's so much again because of the two documentaries that have been on TV both the Netflix one and the Jim Sheridan one on Sky there's so much talk again about the whole Sophie Tuscondra Plantier murder and my God it's hard to believe we'll be remembering it don't you know coming up to this Christmas because it'll be 25 years since uh, Sophie was murdered but the one issue that certainly came out from the Jim Sheridan the Sky documentary I don't know if it featured so much on did it feature on the Netflix one was to do with the five bar gate this huge big gate that was the gate that led into the holiday home of Sophie Tuscan de Plantier and the fact that it has been lost 
nobody knows where it is. But according to Senan Maloney today, the Gardaí have come out and to say that that gate was not lost, but it was disposed of after it was decided that it was no of no value to the murder investigation. Now, there was flurry of social media claims alleging Garda incompetence in mislaying the item and I saw lots of things on Twitter and on other social media sites saying how can you lose a gate? Where did the gate go? How does a gate uh, disappear? But it seems it hasn't disappeared according to this piece in today's Irish Independent. The National Forensic Laboratory which are based at Garda headquarters in Phoenix Park in uh, Dublin they disposed of the gate. It wasn't disposed of by Gardaí in West Cork. The gate was quickly established to be of no evidential value to the investigation into the murder in 1996. Senior sources say the gate was initially offered back to be returned to the property but wasn't wanted. It was understood that it may have been offered to Sophie's parents. But what's interesting in interesting in this piece is that Sophie Tuscan de Plantier's son Pierre-Louis has come out and said, I never heard news of the gate from the Gardaí. They never gave it back to me. It wasn't offered to me. And he inherited the property. Now maybe they thought he was too young at the time because he was only 15 when his mum uh, died. Uh, the gate had a number of blood stains, and we saw that in both of the documentaries and it had smears on three of the bars. That blood was said to have been from Sophie Tuscondo Plantier. Further tests were carried out on the gate for up to six months. It was then retained for six years at the laboratory in Dublin. So that would have made Pierre-Louis an adult at that stage because if it was held for six and a half years and he was 15 he would have been 21 at least uh, when the gate would have been offered back so I don't know why it wasn't offered back to him because at that stage he'd inherited uh, the property anyway it seemingly it was then later decided to dispose of the gate because of its large size and because it was deemed to be of no further value to the investigation in the various discovery process when people were seeking material a query was raised about the gate and it was stated in writing that the gate was no longer available. That's according to a senior source. This that has now turned into the claim that the gate had been lost or stolen. But it's not the case, says a senior source. It was used as a stick with which to beat the force, but the truth is very different. And then asked by Senator Maloney, asked for details as to how and when the gate was disposed of by Garda, Pre- Garda Press say and Garda Siakona does not comment on the specifics of an ongoing investigation. Queries in relation to Forensic Science Ireland should be directed towards Forensic Science Ireland. So obviously Senator Maloney got on to Forensic Science Ireland and they say we can confirm that Forensic Science Ireland staff swabbed the gate and that the swabs were then assessed by Forensic Science Ireland the gate remained in the possession of the Garda Technical Bureau during this process. So I don't know if I'm any clearer as to where the gate is, but basically they're saying it wasn't lost, it wasn't stolen, it was disposed of, but nobody seems to know who disposed of it, how it was disposed of, 
and where did it end up? 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. You can text our WhatsApp to 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. I'm still getting in on data with people saying that they've received their COVID certificates. There seems to be lots coming in by email uh, this morning. Lots of people are checking their email accounts and the COVID cert is there, including a listener says, I got my COVID digital cert this morning, uh, 6.45am by email. Guess what? I received my vaccination at my GP's GP practice. I didn't get it at a vaccination centre and we were told only people at the vaccination centre would get it by email. So obviously some people who had given their email details or who also got their vaccination at GP's may get it by email as well. So keep checking uh, your emails. And of course the email will be the quicker quicker because they say everyone who's to receive it by email will have it by tomorrow. It'll be certainly this day next week before they all get out by post. And the query to Anne who got on to us yesterday who got a new medical card. Her medical card was up for renewal and she sent it off but she was really surprised when she got it back that it had a different number on it and that all of her previous medical cards always had the same number. Now everything else was the same. Her PPS number, date of birth was all the same but she was just scratching her head saying has this happened to anybody else? And she said I didn't hear your answer as the grandchildren came in and distracted her. And I can tell you I called out your text yesterday and we had a few other people saying they'd noticed the very same thing and and I don't know why. I don't have a reason behind it. Maybe it was to do the cyber attack, I don't know. But a number of people saying yes, they got a different number on their medical card when it got renewed. But you don't have to do anything. Your doctor will have already been contacted. So your the medical card. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss will work as normal but yes uh, certainly others have noticed that as well it's coming with a new uh, number This is the Cork Today replay on C103 OK let me go to Joe Heffernan Good afternoon to you Joe Good afternoon Patricia And we are continuing to talk about resilience because mm. we really are sort of there's a sense now that we're kind of in the home stretch particularly with you know the, the certificates are arriving indoor dining people will be able to get out more so we're, we're in this the final mile 
but you say could be the longest mile home. <laughs> yeah, they say that, don't they? The longest mile home is the 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 mile that is closest to home is the longest mile, and I suppose it's true. And um, you know, it's it's maybe a good time to remember our our little um, uh, bits of reflections there on. Uh, resilience, because um, yeah, we're after being through a long, long, long time, and then I suppose, in fairness, there was a lot of our confusion uh, recently. I mean, when did we ever think we'd see the day when it's going to be a big deal to be able to go into a restaurant and have a bit of grub? Uh, I know. You know, standing outside the door with your certificate to say, I'm okay, can you be in? And then, God help us, the ones that the, the younger ones are, you can't come in. No room at the inn for you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, didn't it? Yeah, the, it, the, it the, is. It yeah, is. It's that's tough. tough. I mean, the people who I think have got the worst deal ever uh, from all this uh, business is um, are the young people. You know, um, I mean, as my own guys would have taught me, that um, they graduated out into a depression um, in the the crash, uh, 2008, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And just when things were, you know, small little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, bang, um, COVID struck. And then, um, you know, the, we'll say those people who have um, other ordinary, maybe awful, but ordinary medical problems, the next thing is the cyber attack. By golly, do you know what? We'd we'd want to be resilient, wouldn't we? We would indeed. We would. There's, particularly when the cyber attack hit, you know, I kind of felt, God, are we paying back very bad karma or something? What has this country done? Like, can anything else uh, happen to us? But, you know, we are resilient and we will and we are picking ourselves up and dusting ourselves down we are uh, but we are. but we all need individually to work on ourselves in order to be able to pick yourself up and dust yourself down and and just get on with it yeah and like there are a few things that each one of us can do uh, that will help with that you know so that's the the way we might say it today um a, a couple of uh, what do we call them tips about, about resilience and obviously, the first one is stay in touch with other people. Just stay in touch. I happened to ring an old friend last night. Um, out of the blue, I rang him, and he answered the phone from a hospital. Oh. And, um, you know, he said it was great to get a call. Um, now, the same guy has been through the mill. He spent more time in hospitals in the last year than he did um, at home. And uh, also, unfortunately... He lost his wife during the same year. Now, none of it was COVID-related. It was just to do with health. But, um, you know, it's important to stay in touch with others, both for our benefit and their benefit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's to reach out like that. I mean, you weren't to know that that gentleman, your friend, was in hospital, but you just, you rang him at just the right time, I would say, as well. As it turned out, as it turned out, um, I was surprised. Um, uh, but um, yeah, I did. I, obviously, this wasn't the objective of the call, but I felt good afterwards that I had made the phone call. Yeah, because I know talking with friends and even family members, people will say the, the one part of the pandemic we got out of meeting people. We had no choice. We yeah. you know had to abide by lockdowns and restrictions, 
etc. You can get very into yourself and forget what that feels like to get out there and socialise and stay in contact in totally. contact with people. And you, uh, it yeah. can be as easy as picking up the phone and ringing someone. It can. It can, and it just um, it it keeps us that little bit in touch with other people because, as you say, we could easily become quite isolated, quite reclusive, and um, you know, uh, we have the phone, we have the email, we have the whatever, um, and and uh, we need to use them. We need to just stay in touch, like. Um, the way I look at things, like, is that um, a, a, a person listening might just decide, do you know what? I didn't ring John or Mary or Jim or Bill in a long time. I'll do it today. Mm. Yeah. Just pick, just pick up the phone because as a generation, we've never had so many ways to stay in contact. With There's no yeah. reason, you know, you think yeah. back on previous uh, generations who were re- relying on a letter that might have taken weeks to get from one side of the world yeah. uh, to the yeah. next. You know, well, now we can click a button and you can see somebody's face of somebody who's yeah. in Australia or in America. You know, we've. Yeah. But, but it's just to be careful that you don't allow yourself to go so into yourself that you forget there's a big, beautiful world out there and there are people out there who want to stay in contact with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you also so say... As the, as the Nike ad used to say, just do it. Just do it. You <laughs> yeah. avoid seeing crises and stressful events as unbearable problems. So this is yeah. something else yeah. we've all got to mind, watch ourselves with. Yeah, and to not be giving ourselves negative messages like, I can't take any more of this. Don't be saying that, like, to kind of say, do you know what, bring it on. Um, we're after... We're after lasting up to today, and by golly, we'll be there today and tomorrow. Um, uh, so not to be, you know, yeah, yeah, to 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 avoid uh, negative uh, thinking and saying I can't take this anymore because we can, um, and and it will come to an end. It is starting. We're starting. We've we've put a few punches into that old virus, and um, uh, we 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 just need a couple of knockout punches now. And um, please God, we'll get some to back to something approaching a normal life. Well, look how far we've come from even this time last year. This time yeah. last year, we were dreaming that there would one day be a vaccine, and look at yeah. us now. We're yeah. we're at some stage this week. The five millionth vaccine is going to be put into somebody's arm in this country. We're over right. 50% vaccinated. We're over 70% with a first dose. We're getting there. We, we're we are getting there without doubt. Get, getting yeah. there. And then, accept circumstances that can't be changed. Yeah, it's like the, you know, the serenity philosophy that we often mention. Um, the serenity to accept the things we cannot change. Courage to change the things we can, like that phone call. And the wisdom to know the difference, um, you know, to accept that um, we can't do A or B or C. Okay, to accept it, rather than kicking the traces all the time and saying this is awful, this is terrible, this is unbearable. To just say, look, we can change that for the time being, and I'm kind of going to settle for that in my head. It will change, but not now, not today. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, an obvious one at this time of year for some people who would normally be going away on holidays. Well, I can't go far and I'm not going to go far and yeah. on holidays this year. OK, well, what can I do instead? Can I have a little staycation? Is there somewhere locally I can go? You know, is there somewhere in this country? 
and there you are. And, 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 and changes, changes that way. Yeah, and that brings us to setting realistic goals and moving towards them. Couple of phone calls. Um, is this available? Is that available? Um, I, I was rather, um, well, I was amazed. I rang a very well-known hotel down in Rosslea. I'd never been there, but I'd heard lots of good things, and uh, I emailed them, and <laughs> they told me that they had absolutely not one night available until November. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, I'm not going in November. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I got somewhere else. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. You do. You, you you check around and look around. Yeah. Uh, you, you you certainly will. Okay. So it's um, and then develop realistic goals and move towards those. Move towards those realistic goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. That being one. No. I mean, it was no great big deal. It was a couple of phone calls, made an arrangement, set a date, going to get away for a night or two, um, uh, without any risk to anyone within our own country. And, of course, we've discovered as well that there are beautiful places in our own country that we never saw. Yep. To take, you know? to take decisive actions in adverse situations. Yeah. Yeah. To, um, to, to decide uh, to, to do A, R, B, R, C. Um, uh, okay. Like you just said, we can't be booking for Malaga or Faro or any of that. Okay. So take decisive action in adverse situations, go for something else, make a decision, make the few phone calls or send a couple of emails, but do it. And um, and that then automatically gives one something to look forward to. Yeah. Even though it mightn't be the biggest deal in the world, it's it's a good deal. But we all know that feeling when you have something to, to, to look forward to. To look yeah. for opportunities of self-discovery after a struggle with loss. Yeah, I mean, we've lost a lot of freedoms. We've lost a lot of what we absolutely took for granted. As I say, like, I mean, uh, imagine that the six o'clock news is about that you can walk in and have a cup of coffee. Um, no. I mean, who would have thought it? Um, but um, so we, we, you know, a lot of people are discovering that um, they're back to reading again after maybe neglecting that for a long time. Um a lot of people are discovering that um, that they do know some little thing about a bit of gardening. Other people are discovering that, um, you know, they can actually handle a paintbrush, um, provided the thing isn't too complicated. Um, so, like, we can discover little things about ourselves. They're not earth-shattering. We mightn't... Um, we mightn't um, all be a- able to, to head for space with Richard Branson, mm-hmm. but we can definitely paint the door, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah and, just, and it all ties in again with the realistic goals. I'm, I'm watching the clock. We've only a couple of minutes left. Okay. And this is all about developing, uh, obviously, self-confidence, but it's yeah. about taking care of, I like the last one, take care of one's mind and body. And that means yeah. a bit of exercise and just paying attention to yourself. Yeah, and maybe, even though it might have been a foreign territory altogether, to maybe look up a bit about meditation, a little bit about mindfulness, a little bit about paying attention to our mental health. Um, You know, uh, things that we may not have paid much attention to before. Um, Be open to saying, you know what, I'll I'll Google it anyway and I'll see what's available. And um, one might be very pleasantly surprised. 
Now, yeah, because I know in the past, whenever we talk about when you do that breathing exercise, yeah. the simple one of the really deep breath. Yeah, it's it's and I think every now and again I'll be doing something and I'll think about it and I'll do a bit of breathing. It's just incredible how that couple of minutes of just focusing on your breath, deep yeah. breath in, holding it, deep breath out. It's it, it's it, how something so easy it can have brings such us a profound right back, effect. It? Yeah, and can have a profound effect on the way you're feeling. Yeah. Even when you mentioned that there now, you know, I had my head flying at this and that, the other thing and um, all of that. And suddenly when you said that, bang, I was right here sitting on a chair and I became very aware of the fact that I am right here, right now. Yeah. Yeah, it works. And that's all tied in with mindfulness, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Being mindful. Being aware of what you're doing when you're doing it. Some people get it. Some people don't. But it can take practice. I think mindfulness can take practice. It's not a natural thing. Yeah. I think we, 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 we have to kind of, um, first of all, decide, yeah, we'll give it a go. And then uh, not to expect miracles immediately. But it does come it with does. practice. Keep practicing. OK, mm. listen, you have a lovely week. And we'll talk to you yeah. again next Tuesday. Thanks a million, Joe. Thanks uh, indeed, Patricia. Bye-bye. Joe runs a counselling practice in Bohabri. His number is 86834 Five. And that's where I wrap it up for uh, today. My thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and Nick has another one of those wonderful C103 smart speakers to give away on the programme uh, today, as does Martina. So you've got more ways to win and we'll be giving away another one uh, tomorrow. So until tomorrow at 10 o'clock, I'm Patricia Messenger. Have a very good afternoon. Look after yourself and stay safe. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. C103 and Cork Volunteer Centre presents the third annual Volunteer Awards supported by the Department of Rural and Community Development. These awards aim to celebrate and recognise remarkable people throughout Cork who selflessly give their time and talent to benefit local communities. Visit volunteercork.ie now and shine a light on your volunteers by nominating them for an award. The 2021 Cork Volunteer Awards, Friday 5th of November 2021. With the Cork Volunteer Centre and Cork's greatest hits, C103. C103. You'll instantly love the exciting new arrivals at Harry Curry. View in store at Turner's Cross Retail Park or online at harrycurry.com. Harry Curry, see what's in store. Do you have a passion for starting or expanding an existing artisan food business? UCC offers a part-time university diploma in speciality food production, which is dedicated to artisan food producers. Funding grants are available from the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine. Places are limited. Sign up today. For further information, contact Angela at a.sheehan at ucc.ie. Time to spruce up your home with Noel C. Duggan Mill Street. Check out their outdoor range of garden furniture in stock, including patio sets, loungers and barbecues. Get your building DIY, electrical and painting essentials, plus quality furniture, sofas, bedroom furniture and interior decoration. 
Support local. Find everything you need for your home and garden at Noel C. Duggan. Open Monday to Saturday, 9 to 5.30. Noel C. Duggan Mill Street. The family-friendly store. Call 029-70039. Giveblood.ie know we can count on you, our community of blood donors, to give blood and to choose to be there for others in their hour of need. Blood donors from Mitchellstown, Garbally and Fermoy should attend the clinic in the Firgrove Hotel in Mitchellstown from Tuesday 13th to Thursday 15th of July. To ensure social distancing, all donors need to make an appointment, so call 1850-731-137 to book your time. New donors are welcome. Visit giveblood.ie to check eligibility and clinic details, because we count on you. The new Dunn Stores app puts better value at your fingertips so you'll never miss out on savings. Your 10 off 50 grocery vouchers are always just a swipe away. You can also track and earn value club points and browse our latest grocery offers. And when you download it today, you'll receive a one-time 10 off 30 welcome voucher. So all you need to do is grab your phone and start saving. The new Dunn Stores app, available now wherever you get your apps. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome voucher can be used on next grocery shop of 30 euro or more. On FM. jobs Coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.